It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 4th of January. The Jazz fall at home to the Pelicans. How big a loss was it? Rodney Hood in and out. Who is he? And your questions on Facebook Live. It's all coming up today on Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Thanks very much for tuning in. This is your daily podcast about the Utah Jazz, bringing you expertise, insight, behind-the-curtains look, geeky numbers, all sorts of, of other stuff uh, to show you about the, about the Utah Jazz. We do it for you each and every day. Thanks for tuning in. And if you listen to yesterday's Pelicans preview, we pretty much told you how that game was going to play. They, they dictated the action. Today's show is brought to you by my friends over at Murdoch Chevy. i got a cool story to tell you. And Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. All right, let's run through last night's game. We like to kind of review some of the numbers, look at the game, figure out what happened through an analytical point of view and some of the new uh, graphics and then talk about it a little bit. We do this after each and every uh, every game. Uh, by the way, I screwed up yesterday on the program. Yesterday was draft Wednesday, and because I thought it was Tuesday the whole time, I didn't do it. So for those of you who play draft with me, I can't play uh, NBA daily, um, but I can play football. And so I'm gonna, since we're on the road and we're stuck and watch, I'm gonna actually do a quick little NFL one with probably three or four people. You can still use the promo code LO Jazz, uh, but keep an eye on it. It's really fun. We'll do a draft. I think with only it's only four wild card games, right? So with only eight quarterbacks available, probably shouldn't do more than four <coughs> or six people in a league. Uh, or else someone's going to get a really crappy quarterback. But um, So we'll probably do a four- or six-person league on draft today. Uh, I really am having fun with it. Buddy and I are do, doing golf this week. So promo code for draft is LOJAZZ, and I hope you are liking it. And sorry I screwed up and didn't do our Locked on Jazz Wednesday uh, league. All right, let's go to last night's game. Jazz offensive rating or defensive rating. Last night the defensive rating was a 110. Okay, so... That's interesting because the Pelicans' offense came in sixth best in the NBA at 110. And I'm not sure that I believe that we are better than an average defense without Rudy. I would point out, by the way, I was listening to DJ and PK today. I thought they did a great job, and they were talking about the impact of last night's loss, and I, and I do think it's a big loss in the playoff picture. I just think we've got to remember, we're playing without our best guy. Like... And it's not an excuse, and it's the reality of where we are, and it probably dictates whether or not we make the playoffs or not. But it is worth just kind of remembering when we analyze this that the fact is we're playing we're we're a we we're a forty to forty five win team, depending on your you know frankly we're a thirty we never talk about it, but we're a thirty seven to forty four win team, depending if you were optimistic or pessimistic about our team. This upcoming season, that, that's the reality of who we are. Now we're without our best player. And so 
that's kind of the rea- I, I don't know. I, I guess that's kind of where we are. And I, it doesn't mean that I would say to you we should just concede or anything. But I do think that it's um, I do think it's worth kind of realizing that that that, that exists. I, I, I don't I don't really know what I'm saying, but well, I do. I don't, but it sounds like I'm just quitting, and I don't want it to be that way. But there is, you know, if you look at our group. So our group is Portland, Denver, New Orleans, Clippers, Jazz, right? Those are the five teams that are probably competing for three playoff spots, and Minnesota might be in there, but give them credit, and they've been better, and Oklahoma City might be in there, but they've been better, so they've kind of separated a little bit. You know, I don't know what Portland was without Damian Lillard there for a while, but I I don't think they were great. And Denver was without Nikolai Jokic or Paul Millsap, and I, I don't think they were great, and you know, we've been without Rudy Gobert, and the Clippers were without Blake Griffin, and they weren't great. That That's probably more than anything else we should be talking about, what we should be talking about. It, it But it's it's not fun, right? There's nothing that nothing that makes that an enjoyable conversation about your team is when you, you know, just say, oh, well, we didn't have our best guy. But, gosh, I go look at Minnesota, and, and, and I, or I, you know, they've been healthy the whole time. They haven't missed a guy, and Oklahoma City hasn't missed any – you know, noticeable time with anyone, and they're suddenly ahead of us. Is that the reason? You know, Denver, I'm looking it up right now. Denver, without Jokic, uh, went three and four, came back in the two games he played kind of partial. They went one and one, so they went four and six in the ten games without Jokic. Like, you know, that's that's kind of where we are, and I bet if we go look at who they – I didn't dig into it enough to go look at who they beat and who they didn't, but if we if we were to go look at who they beat and who they didn't, I bet what we would find out is that they went and beat a bunch of teams that um, are probably not as good, right? And the Jazz have actually just not had a single game without Rudy recently against a team that's not as good. The Clippers, who I projected to be ahead of the Jazz when the season started, without Gallinari, without – um, Blake, and when they were without Blake, they went five and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, and they went five and eight. Maybe, maybe, maybe that last game in Sacramento, they went six and eight. Give them some credit. Um, that they actually kept themselves in the playoff race pretty well. So I, I think there's, you know, New Orleans hasn't been hasn't been missing either of their guys for extended period of time. Uh, I know Anthony Davis just misses games every now and then. There's probably some. All right. Anyway, with that said, I just think so. Our defense was at 110 last night. I think that's about where we were supposed to be. Um, our offense was at 100. That's not good enough. Rodney Hood is our second best shooter scorer. He goes one of ten when he shoots below 33. percent I think I said empty the noggin that we're two and eight, right? Um, the you know, we're two and eight when he shoots below thirty three percent. We're we're not gonna win a lot of games that way. It's unfortunate. Uh and and what has yet to happen is that Donovan's presence and clearly focus of the opposing defense has not reached a point yet where it's freeing Rodney to have better games. That's that's what I thought was, was gonna take place here. I, I really thought uh with Rodney Hood that that's that's what was going to take place. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in the next segment. I don't want to get get derailed uh, there. There's some positives on Rodney, and then there's just these weird this, – this, this happens. Um, so last night, uh, the other one, you know, we just – by going small 
and playing spread, we just don't offensive rebound anymore. And that's just, I, I'm going to probably have to give up on this. This just seems to be the reality of where the league is that nobody offensive rebounds, but we're really not offensive rebounding. Uh, we're 27th in the league in offensive rebounding now. To me, I just think on some on the four factors, you, you generally should try to stay out of the bottom five in anything. Um, and And we're there. In offensive rebounding. It's, you know, we're getting back in transition defense. It's the essence of, of us getting into a half-court set. I got it. Um, but something in our person, and it might just simply be lack of athleticism. We just don't have a lot of guys that are going to get offensive rebounds uh, in what we do. Uh, we only had six mid-range points all night. That's kind of where we are. They had 10. Uh, otherwise, there's not a lot of big things. The pace was pretty quick last night. It was at 98 possessions, which is closer to where they want to play than where we want to play. By the way, the whole pace thing is so overplayed and such garbage. You know, they were they're the they played about 100 possessions, which is six in the league. We play at 95 possessions. That's 100. It's not that big a deal, right? It's just not. It's not that big a deal. Pace is is really everyone's playing faster, uh, and it's just overblown. At what it means, you got to get the early looks when you can, and and when you have a chance to do that. Uh, and we're we were better at that. I thought, you know, the weird thing on last night's game specifically, by the way, I didn't think last night's game matched in any way, shape, or form the the plus minus to what was what what happened to, compared to what I thought I saw. So now we get to last night's game, and this is where the game was not as widespread as I thought, was uncontested looks. They were 25 of 54, and we were 22 of 56. It's a lot of uncontested looks on both sides. Um, but And I guess if we make those three shots, it's a very different game. Rodney was one of six. Joe, uh, Donovan was three of 12. Rubio was three of 10. Ingles was three of seven. Joe Johnson went seven of nine on uncontested looks last night. A bunch of them are mid-range, but he did a really uh, pretty nice job on that last night. Uh, Drew Holiday went six of ten. Anthony Davis, seven of 15. He's just so skilled. So they did hit some of the shots, but that disparity I thought was going to be much larger when I looked it up this morning. Uh, Hustle stats last night. uh, They really killed us with the pick and roll. Anthony Davis had eight screen assists last night. Uh, we're missing Rudy in that regard. Derek, uh, we're using Derek as an offensive player on that pick and roll, and he had three screen assists. Joe Johnson had two. Udo, who usually has an impact, had zero. Contested shots last night. Favors, 14. Mitchell, 10. Rubio, 10. Joe Johnson, 9. Uh, we don't draw charges. We're last in the league. And deflections last night. Rubio with seven. Joe Ingles with four. Donovan with three. Rodney Hood with three. So those are kind of your... Um, Advanced stats, looks at things last night. I really thought it was a make-or-miss game. The numbers don't show that nearly as much uh, as I thought it was. One thing I thought was interesting going back through the game last night, the the lineup of Donovan with Rodney Hood, Joe Ingles, Joe Johnson, and Derek Favors was plus 13 last night. It's the lineup Quinn played more than any other. He, He saw it. They played 16 minutes together last night. They were plus 13 last night. The bench unit of Rubio... Hood, Alec Burks, Joe Johnson, and Udo. So you're flipping AB in for Ingles. You're flipping Rubio in for Donovan. You're putting Udo in for Favors. was minus 10 in eight minutes. Now, a lot of this has to do with who you're playing against when it's dealing with the Pelicans. The Pelicans dictated that game. And the Pelicans' elite-level talent 
is allowing them this year. They're ten and four against teams below five hundred, and that's a playoff team. They have elite level talent in those two big guys, and what that's doing is putting them. They dictate the game. They're they're controlling where the game, how the game is being played, with that with their skill set, and they're not as good when Cousins is on the floor. But I think I've tried to bring this up either on postcast last night or maybe it was just in the broadcast. But so when Anthony Davis is on the floor by himself, we talked about it yesterday. They're plus ten. That that's elite. That's warrior rocket level. When they have two bigs on the floor, they're plus four per hundred possessions. That's good. When Cousins is on the floor by themselves, they're minus four. That's bad. But that's their worst lineup. That's pretty good if that's your worst lineup. And when suddenly on those rare nights Cousins is good or not hugely negative, which is probably last night, they're pretty good. Uh, so that team, that team's a playoff team. I actually think this playoff race is thinning down pretty darn quickly in my book to Clippers, Jazz, Blazers for one spot. I, I I really think it's Clippers, Jazz, Blazers for one spot. I think Denver's going to make it. They're just good enough. Um, the Pelicans are good enough. They have the dominating talent. Oklahoma City and Minnesota have shown, have separated themselves, Minnesota particularly. So I actually think this is getting down to Portland, Clippers, Jazz for one spot. Just narrow it down that quickly. Kind of wild. Uh, Today's show is brought to you in part by Murdoch Chevy. They're having a lot of fun over at Murdoch Chev because what they're doing is they're partying, like they like to say, like it's 1.99999. So they have their sales event. It's 1.99%. They're doing this along with Golden West Credit Union. Uh, I'm driving that Silverado truck right now. It is awesome. Uh, It's been a really cool experience to to drive a truck. It's not something I've done before. Uh, They also have the great SUV line. Chevy's got the best lineup of trucks available for you. Uh, They've got every single uh, discipline, if you want to call it that, covered. And what they have right now is 1.99% on everything this month. Uh, with Golden, coupled with Golden West Credit Union. That's over at Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross. I'll be stopping by there today uh, to say hi to Tyson, and I'll tell you my cool story about them uh, in a second. But you know you get the Murdoch No Regrets experience. You know you get a Chevy family that has been there for 91 years in Utah uh, serving you Chevys, whether it's the heavy-duty Silverado, the Colorado truck, uh, the whole lineup, Chevy has got all three of them. The light-duty half-ton truck Silverado, the mid-sized truck Colorado, the heavy-duty Silverado. Pretty awesome uh, collection, plus the Colorado diesel. The SUV line's great. Suburban Tahoe, Equinox, Traverse, tracks all there for you at Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross. 1.99%. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. 
But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, so I want to just share... um now that we're now that we've moved on with that, I did tell you I had a cute story I wanted to share. Uh, back to Murdoch Shev for a second. So Tyson Murdoch was at the game last night. His grandmother is ninety years old, and she was at the game. So with her jazz uh, earrings on and uh, just totally fired up. And so she came by the broadcast site, and uh, I bought her a sweatshirt. And so I gave her the sweatshirt to thank her for coming to the game, and that she was happy about that. But that was weird. They're like, why is this guy giving me a sweatshirt? And then Ron Boone, we set it up. So then Ron Boone comes by. I mean, she's 90, right? Like, Ron, she probably saw Ron play with the Utah Stars, saw Ron play with the Utah Jazz, and Ron's been broadcast. He's like been, I mean, the guy's been in the league for 50 years. And, oh, my gosh, it was the coolest thing to see a 90-year-old woman suddenly have the eyes of a 12-year-old who's, like, seeing something that's, like, it's, like, it's real. She's like, I've watched you the whole time. I just, like, touching him. Like, oh, my gosh, you're right here. You're right next to me. It was the coolest thing uh just to see and ron's such a such an amazing uh <clears throat> such an amazing guy that he he embraced it so well uh, i want to do a quick check on rodney because i'm just mystified by him um he's doing so many things so great right now so he's one he's be, he the big change he had to kind of make in his game was become a better off-the-bounce shooter than just a catch-and-shoot if he was going to be a primary scorer. He's done that. He's one of the top five off-the-bounce three-point shooters in the league. Uh, one thing we've talked about is he needs to go to the free-throw line more. He, that has not been something, but it's, gone, but it's not like it hasn't gone up at all. Per 36 minutes, he's gone from 2.6 to 3.3. That, that's actually a lot. So almost a 30% increase in his free throw attempts. So that's, that's tremendous. Uh, his free throw shooting is brilliant at 86%. His three point shooting is nearly 40% for the season. It's 39.6. Like, th- there is so much in this package that is Rodney Hood that is so good. Uh, he, he's become more aggressive overall. The one thing that's a little surprising is his in, his shooting inside is down. So last year he took 12% of his shots at the rim. Now they're down to 9%. He took 16% in that 3 to 10 range. It's down to 13%. You would like him to have reduced his long two range, and that's actually gone up. So his shot distribution's out of whack. He suddenly, in, three years ago, he took 9% of his shots as 16 to 3 feet. Now that's jumped to 12% last year and 16% this year. So way too many long twos. For him and his three point percentage of shots that are threes have been brilliant. 46, 46, 46, 49 this year. Like that's great. That is, that is tremendous. And he's making more of them. Um, you wish that shot distribution change had not been that the rim shots have suddenly become long twos. That, that might be leading to what the next 
part of this conversation is going to be. So Ron says it last night, said it last night on the floor that the interesting thing about him is that, you know, if he's not shooting well right now, he's not bringing you a lot else. He's his rebounding numbers are not. Um, he's not a high level rebounder, right? That's not um, his total rebounding percentage is the last is is kind of disastrously low, frankly. Um, he's at 5.2%. Like, he gets 5% of all rebounds that are on the floor. If if we're all just sitting there at equal chance, it's 10%. For a shooting guard, that's a crazy low number. It's just probably not a part of his game. It's never been. He's at 6% and 7%. It's just who he is. That's fine. Uh, but it does mean that, like, A.B., when he's struggling, go grab five or six, seven rebounds. It's probably not something that, that he's going to do a great deal. His assist rate which in the first two years of his career were at 13 and 14%, are down to 10%. So now he's not really creating a great deal um, like he like he did for some other people. I think um, I'm not entirely sure why that is. It's probably the larger burden uh, he's taking for the team. The, the wild card is what we've always talked about with him, which is the bell curve. And I was pretty excited about what I was seeing out of him earlier this year when he went on the, before the injury, he played, I think it was 11 straight games, 12 straight games, all of them over double figures, shot 19% from the floor, 42% from the field, 39% from three. It was great. Like he had was over 17 in all, but or 16 in all, but two of them, like the bell curve. If he's going to be a 17 point a game scorer, what we're talking about is that on, and if you're on Facebook Live, you actually can see me do this. So he's at, if he's a 17-point-a-game scorer, what you don't want is him at 25 one night and 9 the next. Divide him in two, you get to 17. Because if he's your second scorer, you lose every time he goes to 9. And so what you're looking for him to do is take that from 13 to 21, right? And then and then if he does that on a night, then you got your 17-point-a-game scorer. And spike to 30 every now and then, like he has once this year, 26 and and keep the bottom level 13 14 and now you're a 19 a point a game scorer. So that's that's what we were looking for. That was going on earlier this year and it was great. Suddenly that is not going on. And part of the reason I don't actually know why. Um in 3 of the last 4 games he hasn't taken a free throw. That's a little problematic. In 4 of the last 5 games he's taken one or fewer free throws. Um uh, but that's kind of again like his assists are back up the last two games, two and three, so like that's good. It's just this weird thing that in suddenly in four of his last five games, Rodney has shot below thirty three percent, and when Rodney shoots below thirty three percent, it's very hard for the Jazz to win. Um, I don't know if he's nicked again. Um, he's not as good at home as he is on the road, by the way. Um, but when he shoots below thirty three percent this year, uh. The Jazz are two and eight, I believe, is the answer. And one of those games is the Portland game. He only played 19 minutes. When he, Cleveland, he played 27 minutes. He went four of 13. He also made four threes that game. So that's a little misleading on that. That's not a, that's the game they've won. Um, and, you know, it, it, the, this is probably even kind of a more pressure packed deal of like, we is this what this team needs is that when Rodney 
shoots below 50%, which is an unrealistic number for him to hit. We're 5 and I think 11 it is. No, it's worse than that. Wow. Um, sorry, I have some weird coloring. So he's, I mean, Rodney, it's not fair to ask Rodney. You shouldn't ask a guy. This is not a fair expectation of Rodney. This might be an explanation of how much we're demanding out of Rodney, and maybe that's too much. So the Jazz, he's, he's shot below 50% in 18 games this year. That's what he should do. And the Jazz have only won five of those. Six. Right? Six. One, two, three. No, five. Six. Portland game. That last one. So that's, boy, we, I mean, we really need Rodney to have these great games because there just aren't, A.B.'s a low percentage guy, Rubio's a low percentage guy. Like, that's, that's a big burden on Rod. I'm not sure that that's fair. Um, and so I think in turn, some people, probably including myself at times, are putting a little bit more on, like last night, okay, he goes 1 of 10, 0 of 6 from 3, we need him, he probably, that's, yeah, that's a large reason why the Jazz lost last night. But I'm not sure that that's a fair thing to be putting on Rod every night, is I guess kind of my point on this. And um, I think we're still trying to figure out who he is, and asking him to be, what we're asking him might be more than is something that's fair to him. It's a pretty nice player, does a lot of things really, really well, and his development is definitely there, particularly with the way he has he has grown um, as a shooter off the bounce and showing those skills. It's it's impressive. All right, I'll get your questions next. Today's show is brought to you in part by Devin Cash of Equity Real Estate. Devin came to me at the very beginning, uh, and I asked him. Why should someone use Devin Cash? And he said, I really approach real estate with the heart of a teacher. I never want my clients to feel uncomfortable with any situation. I love working with first-time home buyers because I can guide them through the process from start to finish. And we need to talk to me. They talk to me. You won't have to deal with secretaries, receptionists, coordinators. I never rush my ta- clients into a decision they're not ready to make. And as a cherry on top, we can talk jazz basketball. And that's true. And, you know, it's cool is since then, and for those of you who are longtime listeners to the show, you know this, we have got time and time again got response from people uh, that that's exactly what they've experienced, that Devin has done exactly that for them uh, and had those experiences. Devin recently kind of reached out to me and said, hey, by the way, I think there's a misnomer out there, and I'd like you to help me with it. I said, sure. He said, um, People don't understand what it takes to buy a house. He said 83% of first-time home buyers think they need a down payment of 10% or higher to buy a home. He says that's not true. Uh, the, the reality is that most people need between 0 and 3.5% for a down payment. They can talk to Devin and discuss what that means, what the options on that are, but there, there's a misnomer out there uh, from for most what percentage of home time home price do you think is required? And if you ask people, they think 83% of people think that it's over 10, 10% or more. In fact, 29% think it's 20%. And actually, stunningly, 54% think it's over 20%. So Devin can help you out. If you're new to the process, he loves working with first-time home buyers, and he can help you out. Give him a call at 801-759-1495. That's 801-759-1495. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach 
I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. All right, let's get to your questions. See if I can not knock over the camera. Can you introduce me to Joe Ingles? Matt, we're going to have to try it at some point. Uh, when we start paying attention to the draft, I will in April. Uh, I was going to ask you about Hood. What's it going to take? Any update on XM? I've heard nothing. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Dante uh, was working out, doing a bunch of stuff. I think he's gone and got some uh, checked in with some people recently. So I'll get an update on Dante. But we're we're probably, you know, still a ways away from any chance of Dante playing. But maybe Dante doing some more work. When was the last time we were this excited about a rookie? I would assume Darren. We should have been. He became an all-star. Uh, I'm curious about Donovan's efficiency. I think that there will be the difference between him being really good player and a star in this league. Are there any trends or signs of what he's being able to sustain? That's from Tyson, who does a really nice job. Um, so let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put a little. This is not his fault, but I'm gonna put a little note on Donovan. There's a lot. We've unfortunately played a lot of games recently where he's been in on the floor in games that aren't close anymore. And his efficiency is awesome in those settings. Okay. Um, you know, I like the fact he plays all the way through the game. I can turn this definitely as a positive. I'm not meaning to be a negative, but in regards to his efficiency, like, I think we have to, I think it's great. Like last night's a really good example of what he's capable of doing. Um, but there also are some numbers where his – this is not updated through last night. But in games that are inside 10 points, going into last night, he's shooting 44% from the field and 34% from three for the season. Now, <coughs> December, he was great, 51% 36%. But though, that number I just gave is a, is a little lower, right? I mean, I think we probably have to keep an eye on just a tiny bit of no, I mean, just I, I, everything's going great. I, I maybe I shouldn't mention it. I just like I still think there's got to be like he's developing. We got to give him some. I guess we're it's kind of where I was yesterday on him again. I think he's incredible. I'm so excited about him. I think he's going to be amazing. I just would like to give him a little room to breathe. Still. Um I guess is where I, where I am with that. And maybe maybe I don't need to be. His efficiency, you know, he went to the line 10 times last night. Couldn't get to the rim. He went to the line 10 times last night. Like, I think that's, um, I think that's a great sign. Um, and I'm, you know, and 
I couldn't be more excited about him. I, I, I'm not trying to damper anything at all. Um, I just, you know, maybe when doing research, I happen to find stumble upon some things every now and then. I'm like, oh, that's like, oh, that that that's a little light. Like his first, second half, first half, second half, he's shooting 48 percent. First half, he's shooting 39%. Like, his first half numbers have got to get better. Now, they were better in December than they have been all year long. Those are season-long numbers. You know, when we're behind by 16 or more this year, he's been unbelievable. Like, his best numbers are all when we're behind by 16 or more. Like, okay, like, I I don't want to, again, I'm not trying to say, but, like, let's, let's dig, like, he's 34 of 59 from the field in those circumstances. So the other team's not playing now. Now, that's not his fault. He's still playing. He deserves great credit for that. But let's let's watch what happens as we bring that back, as, you know, as the year goes on. That That's just, he's great. He's, I shouldn't have brought it up. I happened to find it recently. I've seen it. It happened again last night. Like, he's great. Uh, and actually, I'm going to look up in December and see if it's as prevalent. But there's been a lot of that. His efficiency, though, I don't have any really worries about him at all. Uh, Donovan is not an all-star yet. There's only 12 of them. I don't think he's the 12th best player in the Western Conference yet. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Like, I'm not sure Paul George is making the all-star team. I think he's going to. He'll be the 12th guy. Um, the numbers I just gave, by the way, in December, 14 of 23 went down by 16 or more. It's a lot. Right? That's a lot. Um, in December, first half, 40% from the floor, 28% from three. Okay? like If we're going to elevate him to this incredible level, like he's got to get better in the first half of games. Second half, he's unbelievable. 60% from the field and 43% from the field. From, uh, from three. He, he was... I mean, some of it's statistical anomaly. In in the in December, in the second quarters, he shot one of sixteen from three. But like we spent most of the month trailing, right? So Donovan's three point shooting when behind by more than ten was six of fifteen. His overall shooting was twenty four of forty five. Like. He spent a lot of, there were a lot of time. We we had a tough month. So early game stuff is the next step for him. I love that he watches a game and figures it out as it goes on. Um, but early game stuff. In December, 31% in the second quarters of games on his second stint in, 6% from three. Like, he's better than that. His fourth quarter numbers were incredible in December. Positive is that that's late game. He's adjusting. It's great. Negative is we're behind by a lot, and the other teams might not be as sharp. So it's all part of the like. We don't have to build the statue yet. Is what I'm saying. Let him build it himself. He's he's going to be great. Uh, right now we're on the pace for 35 to 38 wins. Only three wins on the road so far, but without Rudy most of the year. I think that's a fair comment. Like if if we had said Rudy was going to play whatever amount of games Rudy's played this year. What would you think our record's going to be? Um, we seem to not be able to guard the three-point line. This is a good find here. We are suddenly 24th in the league in defending the three, and we're, I think, 27th or 28th defending the top 
of the break three, and I'm surprised by that. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, Skyler's played. I love Rubio's fight and play, but it seems to me he has a hard time making the momentum shots but takes them often when he misses the shots that would turn a few consecutive buckets into momentum. Sorry, where'd he go? Um, it looks like a gut punch to the rest of the team's offense flow. Do you think we should keep taking those shots or make conscious effort to playmaker in those situations? I, I, I don't necessarily agree with your premise. Um, I do think he plays hard. I think that you're feel. I think that's one of those things that once you see it, you feel it, uh, or once you think it, you see it. It's probably the way to say it. He's not a good shooter, right? He's not a good shooter, um, and so he misses shots, and. He shoots below 40%, so he misses shots. Uh, I thought in the Cleveland game he made two of the bigger shots. In Earlier this year he made some others. So I'm actually, Skylar, I'm not sure I agree with your premise any more than he's just not a very good shooter. And uh, he's doing a bunch of things I kind of like. He's attacking the basket a little bit more recently in and around the basket. Um, he's one whose first quarter's got to shoot better. He shoots, you know, he's left open a lot in first quarters by other teams. That's clearly the game plan, and then he doesn't knock them down. That's 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 hard. He's shooting 36% in the first quarter and 22% from three. Um, and so that's hard. Um, he, I mean, he actually is another one who um, I think is above the uh, above and behind numbers. Or, there was something funky on that one. I found it earlier this year. I couldn't remember what it was. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's. Um, it's interesting to see, I, I guess my, I, I agree with the premise. He's missed some shots. I just think he's missed some shots. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Andy, uh, do we just have to take, do we have too many non-shooters to withstand a guy or two having an off night? Uh, I think that's, that's kind of where we started this season and talked about a great deal with, uh, you know, we have these 40% shooters and if they have bad nights, it's going to happen. I, I think that, yeah, I think that's probably the case a little bit. And we've gotten our way around it pretty well. We have a bunch of guys having their best years of their career and, and it's impressive. And that's Quinn's system getting a lot of that done. Uh, I'm not mailing it in, but do you think the Jazz management will have a win-loss number in mind where they decide to shut it down for the season or do we continue to fight to the end? Um, I actually think that every decision made going to the trade deadline should be made long-term. Uh, this is a pivot season to me. In a lot of ways, um, the in the sense that um, after losing Gordon, you're pivoting. We found Donovan. That's like a huge positive. And now you're finding the pieces are going to go around Donovan and, and Rudy and figure out where Rodney fits and what he wants to do and what's best for him and, and what Derek's what, how Derek fits and what his, and then which of these guys on one-year contracts fit and you rebuild this thing. So I think this is a pivot year. In other words, I think the management should be looking forward – regardless of whether we win three of four on this road trip or one of four on this road trip. Status of Neto as he was running last night on the floor, looked better, and if he's better than he should be, able to uh, pass his concussion protocol, and then once his knee's healthy, he can play again. Pelicans are a decent road team. Yes, partially because they have no home court. Uh, it looks as his team goes as Rubio goes. Um, it's worth looking at to see whether that's true in Minnesota. They also go as Rodney goes. Um, both those are true. Rodney in wins is shooting 45% from the floor in three and losses 39 and 37. Rubio in wins 44%, 38 from the field, three, 34% losses 19 from three. So both of them are pretty vital for us to get going, which goes back to that point about shooters earlier.
What stretch fours do we think we have a shot at the offseason? Let me, he mentions Jabari. Let me ask a question. I'm just going to be honest with you all. Jabari wasn't LDS, would his name ever be mentioned? And if we're mentioning because he's LDS, then that's bad basketball. Okay? Right? Like, I, I, maybe you like Jabari as a player off two ACLs and, and everything else, but like, can we just, like, we can't acquire players because we like their faith. That, that seems like a really ill advised way to run a franchise. It would have worked well with Jimmer. Uh, LeBron is signing with the Jazz next year. Why didn't Tabo play last night? Great question. Uh, Quinn just doesn't feel he can play three power forwards. Tabo's now slotted as a power forward in a night. Uh, and so, depending on the matchup, he's going with Jarebko and Joe Johnson or Tabo and Joe Johnson. Uh, trying to get Joe going, and Joe got going last night. So, Tabo matched up better against LeBron. Feeling was Jarebko was better against Anthony Davis, which he was plus 20 uh, in the first game. Didn't work out as well last night for him in the plus minus, but I thought he was fine. So that's a little bit of it. Um, and also, you know, Tabo's 33, so you're preserving him a little bit. We'll see how that plays out, uh, whether that shuffles itself out some way along the way. Uh, the other one is then, well, Tabo could play the three, but if Tabo's, Tabo and AB were kind of alternating even already beforehand, we just have a lot of players. And uh, I think Tabo could play the three over Royce O'Neal, but Royce O'Neal didn't play last night. So... There's just somebody who's going to be out of the rotation, and so that's the way Quinn's managing that right now. Are we actively looking more guys to get something out of them before we lose them, or do you think we are still in discovery mode with guys like Alec Hood favors to see if we want them? Um, I think we're probably learning more and more every day and and looking at long-term asset evaluation with them. Hi, David. So excited to finally be listening live. My boyfriend and I are avid listeners. We currently are traveling overseas in Panama. Awesome. Frank Layden at lunch the other day was talking, is going to Panama and was telling me a whole thing about talking about why the Panama Canal is so important. And it was really interesting. Uh, you take up a lot of bus trips. We're both locked on jazz and also NBA. My question is in regards to your views on Comet Jazz TV broadcaster Matt Harping made regarding Devin versus Ben Simmons or maybe in Ben's eligibility for, or Donovan maybe uh, de- eligibility for rookie of the year considering he had a whole year to sit on the sideline and watch the NBA uh, unlike Donovan who's completely new to the NBA the red shirt you know Ben Simmons is by definition a rookie he didn't play a game last year so uh, that's always been the definition I agree with you a little bit I felt that way on Embiid um, you know the way we'll phrase it is Donovan's the best player of this draft class uh, but I, I actually think Donovan could just win Rookie of the Year over Ben Simmons. Uh, is Donovan Mitchell already at the same level as Hayward last year? Or am I tripping? I think you might be tripping uh, a little bit. I, I think we've forgotten how good Gordon was last year. Um, Rudy for Clay Thompson. Who says no? I would assume the Warriors say no because they don't want to change anything they have. Why? Um, and Draymond Green's their center. Joe Ingles has been great all year. Joe Ingles, boss. He sure does. Um, oh, the, that you got cut off. Well, I'd like to see an increase in three-point attempts. I'd love to see him take two or three more. I think everyone would like to see him shoot more, but I think it's a little bit we're asking him to be someone he's not. We're already asking him to play 30 minutes a night. All right, final few questions. We're at the 40-minute mark, and that's getting long. Um, 
despite Alec Burks falling off a bit scoring, I've been really impressed with his ability to get to the line and make free throws, both Donovan and Alec. Whoa, you just fell down. Ah! Um, I actually liked Alec's game a lot last night. Um, he is struggling with his shooting, if I am. I Actually, you know what? I'll take this. I, I didn't love that Alec came out like on the first three possessions and took the first three shots. And then I loved... Um, then I loved the way he played. I mean, I really, six rebounds last night, had great energy, pushed the tempo. I I thought he was terrific. That's where last night he was minus 13. And and I didn't see that at all. Now, the bummer right now with AB is in the last 10 games, he's shooting 31% from the field and 21% from three. Like, that's... I, mean, I like he's going to the line three times a game, but that those are scary numbers. Um, so, um, that's, and I think he's one for his last nine from three. I mean, I mean, heck, he's twenty percent. I mean, it's just a bummer, like to see that because he's worked so hard in his game. Uh, but I loved the way he played last night. All right, I think that wraps us up. I know there's more questions. I can't get to all of them. We'll be here all day. Um, David Smith says Faith may be a part of it But Jabari's a good player 20 and 6 last year Prior to the injury But those injuries worry me I think that's probably the most um, Most accurate comment of all Alright Awesome you guys Appreciate it Thanks so much This has been Locked on Jazz uh, I'm going to play a little draft this weekend So if you want to play fantasy with me We'll do it on draft Football Keep me entertained while I'm on the road. Uh, maybe I can find something to do in Denver. Who knows? In Miami. Oh, I probably can. It is Locked on Jess. Have a good day. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feet every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now, wherever you get podcasts, and hit that subscribe button.